Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to be reading Revelation 17, verses 14 and 15. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in our last study, we saw that uh, the Lord Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, comes in his wrath as a wrathful lamb. That's the language that God uses in a few places, in Revelation chapter 6, in um uh, in, in a few other scriptures, it is um, the lamb um, that the wicked are being tormented in the presence of in Revelation 14. And he is making war. Judgment Day is pictured as a battle between Satan and his kingdom and the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It is the last, the final battle that uh, will take place in this world in in some ways all through history there has been spiritual warfare that has been raging as God has ransacked the kingdom of Satan to deliver and to translate those elect people that he had predetermined to save out of the darkness and into the light of the kingdom of his dear son But on May 21, 2011, that spiritual warfare ceased because everyone to become saved was saved and it was only a matter of the final battle. And and that's what we're reading here in verse 14, that the beast made war against the lamb and of course he was defeated, he was destroyed and that's why the second part of verse 14 says, speaking of Christ, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. This is um, tremendous, a glorious statement that is capturing the the moment of the final victory of Christ over the kingdom of Satan. Remember, Satan had, um, through the right of conquest, he had defeated mankind in the Garden of Eden by deceiving Eve and Adam into disobeying God and obeying the lie uh, rather than the truth. And man became subservient to him, and therefore he ruled over the kingdoms of men all throughout the history of the world until May 21, 2011, when Christ took the kingdom 
of Satan. Just as, and it's really a wonderful picture that God gives us of Babylon that typifies uh, the kingdom of Satan. And the king of Babylon, who uh, is a, a type and a figure of Satan, and God gives us a historical picture of Judgment Day in the book of Daniel in chapter 5. In that chapter, um, it is the end of the 70-year period. It's the year 539 B.C. And the king of Babylon and his lords, his princes, are having a celebration. They're having a feast. They're they're um, drinking wine. You know, they have been the great kingdom. They have been the rulers over all the kingdoms um, that surround them. And they have gotten lazy. And they have um, let their guard down. And this night, the king of Babylon sees writing on the wall that greatly troubles him. It troubles him so much that his knees begin to knock. And uh, and finally, Daniel is called in to interpret the writing on the wall. And the interpretation is that Babylon, um, the king of Babylon, has his, his kingdom numbered and finished. And he's weighed in the balances and found wanting... And it says in Daniel 5.28, Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And still um, not comprehending what is going on. It says in Daniel 5.29, Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius, the Median, took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. Now, this is a picture of Christ coming as a thief in the night. Darius, also known as Cyrus, and in the book of Isaiah, God says of Cyrus that he is my shepherd and God also calls him the anointed, which is the word for Messiah. So Cyrus, the king of the Medes and the Persians, and Darius, who is the same person, is a picture of Christ. Christ comes, takes the kingdom of Babylon exactly at the end of 70 years, from 609 B.C. until 539 B.C., and then Babylon is taken, just as God had declared and prophesied that after 70 years he would punish the king of Babylon. And that's picturing Judgment Day, and and the king of Babylon is a type of Satan, and the Lord Jesus Christ, typified by the king of the Medes and the Persians, takes Satan's kingdom and puts down Satan historically the king of Babylon is slain. Spiritually, Satan is cast into the lake of fire alive because he'll continue to exist throughout the spiritual 
um, extended day of judgment, which very likely will be 1,600 days. But for all intents and purposes, he's slain. He is put down from all rule and authority and deposed from his throne of ruling over the nations of the world, of ruling in the church. And Christ takes the kingdom. It's also um, spiritually pictured. Uh, that is what happened at the beginning of Judgment Day on May 21, 2011 in Second Chronicles. In Second Chronicles chapter 36, it says in verse 22 and 23, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, and, and so it's the same man known as Darius that we just read about in Daniel, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of Jehovah spoken of by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, Jehovah stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth hath Jehovah God of heaven given me. And he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? Jehovah is God be with him and let him go up. Cyrus is is saying that God has given him rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. And of course, he did rule over a vast empire. But technically, he didn't rule over all the kingdoms of the earth because... There were still kingdoms elsewhere that were not under his reign. But spiritually, uh, it is a correct statement because Christ rules over all the kingdoms of the earth. Remember that statement that Satan made to the Lord Jesus as Christ was being tempted in the wilderness for those 40 days and 40 nights It says in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 8, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And you see, it was in his power and authority because he had won the kingdoms of the world when he defeated man in the Garden of Eden. And yet, at the end of the Great Tribulation, at the beginning of Judgment Day, Christ takes the kingdom of Babylon, just as Cyrus took Babylon historically long ago. And and just as Cyrus exclaims, that all the kingdoms of the earth hath Jehovah God of heaven given me, so too does the Lord Jesus Christ spiritually make this claim at this time in the day of judgment. He is now King of kings and Lord of lords. Isn't it amazing that we read this here in Revelation 17? But it's also found, that very statement, in 1 Timothy 6. 
in verses 14 and 15. It says there that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Christ will show in his time that is at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he has appeared in judgment when he shut the door of heaven and and put out the light of the gospel and ended his salvation program and began to pour out his wrath upon all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. It is his appearing. And when he conquered Satan and took his kingdom, and now the Lord Jesus rules with a rod of iron. And that's what it says in Revelation chapter 19, in verses 15 and 16. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now, that ruling with a rod of iron is also the word of God, but notice how it's joined with the statement of Christ treading the winepress of the wrath of God. And it's in Revelation 14 that he treads the winepress and the blood comes out for six, for the space of 1,600 furlongs, which identifies with 1,600 days. And that gives us the period of his rule, very likely, of, of his ruling over the nations of the world that he has conquered and now he has dominion over them and rules with this rod of iron. And then it says in verse 16 of Revelation chapter 19, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. There he is, the all-glorious one, the the mighty, the the great potentate, the omnipotent, the everlasting God, he has finally defeated his foe that has dared to rise up against him and to come against him in battle. And Christ has destroyed Satan. And when he did, or uh, he put him down and will ultimately destroy him, but at the defeat of Satan, who ruled over the kingdoms of this world, and that made Satan a king over the kings. And remember, Daniel recognized that of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, when uh, in the book of Daniel, he said that, that God had made him a king over kings. And Satan ruled over the kings of this world. And now Christ took Satan's kingdom and became the greatest of kings. And, and he now is king of all kings and lord of all lords. And it points to Jesus alone. And none other but the Lord Jesus Christ is the spiritual ruler, 
the spiritual authority, the spiritual king of all the earth and in all areas of Satan's domain, in all things that he previously had authority over, Christ now rules. And, and Christ is the supreme ruler. This, this is the point that God makes in Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel 7, where we, we find the context as judgment day, uh, in verse 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Now who sits upon thrones? Kings sit upon thrones. And the ancient of days did sit. So God cast down all other kings, then he takes his seat as the king of kings. And it goes on to say, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. I beheld, then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season in time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And here we can see the picture that God is revealing of Satan the beast. And remember, the name beast identifies with his rule primarily of the great tribulation, and and his dominion is taken away. And the beast is slain, it says, and his body destroyed. And and, and yet there's other beasts. And, and so with that language, God is letting us know, yes, Satan, for all intents and purposes, was slain spiritually, but continues to exist. And it's just as Haman, who was hanged, but he had ten sons that continued to live without power, without authority or dominion over the house of Haman, because Mordecai took all that was Haman's. Yet the the ten sons continued until the actual date of Purim in which they were put to death. And likewise, Satan continues to exist until the actual final day of uh, the prolonged period of judgment, and then he'll be destroyed. But it is now at this time that Christ has taken the kingdom of Satan and, and here God is, um, lifting him up and exalting him 
as the supreme king of all. And isn't that why the Lord says in Philippians uh, concerning concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, where he says um, in verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, Christ, of course, will have all of his elect people bow the knee and make that confession to him. He will um, forcefully put down all others, all other kings, all other lords, all other um, unsaved people, the earth, and finally destroy them, leaving a kingdom in submission, in total obedience to him, and we will uh, recognize him and serve him as king. And and what a wonderful thing that will be. Uh, have you ever read the Bible and uh, and read at times about a good king of Judah, like David or Josiah, and and thought, well, there's a king that I would not mind of of having done service to, of being um, alive at that time. And, and serving a king that was uh, a man after God's own heart. Serving a king that desired to please God. And there is a good king. And we, uh, we sometimes think, uh, yes, and, and I would have liked to have lived to do service to him. Well, we, we have it much, much better than that. Because we have the greatest, the glorious, the the, the best, uh, the, the everything that we could ever imagine is all rolled into one glorious potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we will be privileged and blessed forevermore to do service to God, to do his bidding, to serve him knowing He is a just king and a right king. And everything he does is for the benefit and welfare of his kingdom. And it's perfect and pure and holy and, and, and so forth. And we never have to doubt for a second his, his motives or anything like that. And, and so we can, uh, forevermore serve this great king. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.